At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Metcalf and you're listening to Roster Watch. America to the rosterwatch.com tradecast, the week seven rosterwatch.com fantasy football tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and thank you for joining me once again. All right, folks, let's dive right into what's a big week seven trade market in play with so many buys coming into effect. And of course, we will begin uh, this week as we always do on the sell side of the trade market, and we'll begin with the running backs. Uh, that I believe could be in play this week on the Week 7 Fantasy Football trade market. And, of course, you know, this is always a good time to remind you guys, I know we've talked about it on previous episodes, that, you know, sometimes we're a week or two early on some of these guys. Sometimes these guys ultimately end up being assets we just need to be having a conversation about and having an eye on. And it may or may not be particularly ripe this week, maybe in your league or for your situation, or a guy that we're still waiting for a little clarity on. But, you know, much of this, like the waiver wire, cheat sheet, and like many of the other tools at rosterwatch.com are about us uh, having some foresight, being ahead of the curve, giving us an advantage over our opponents. And going uh, through the trade market every week is a big advantage over our league mates because most of them are only utilizing the waiver wire system on a weekly basis to improve their roster. And if we can pull off... A critical trade here and there, that can really, really benefit us over the course of the season. And uh, by listening to this podcast and taking a few minutes, uh, you know, once a week just to kind of peruse your league standings and see which of these guys may be available, who you might roster and uh, of the assets discussed and be able to capitalize on is a really, really shrewd uh, thing to do. So let's dive right into uh, the running back side. We spoke about Leonard Fournette last week. Uh, clearly he had a monster week and if you held on to him uh, you feel really good about that and uh, I mean he seems to have really seized the lead role in Tampa on what's one of the best offenses in the NFL the 28 touches he had were an outlier though on the season Uh, 
by a wide, wide margin. Actually, it was eye-popping to see Leonard Fournette get those 28 touches. But, you know, that type of volume does seem to be in line with just how they view him at this point, which, um, you know, puts him in a fantastic position. He's in the, he's an excellent player, and um, he really has always had the capability to be a workhorse guy. And um, it looks like that's, that's kind of where uh, – Tampa is staking their claim on how they want to use Fournette this year. That said, uh, we have to just look at the data here. Before this last week, Fournette had been a 15-touch-per-game guy on the season. And uh, these 28 touches in Week 6 have now kind of moved him up to being like a 17-touch-per-game guy on the season, which I think as things stand is probably a pretty reasonable projection for Fournette moving forward. 17 to 20 touches a week, maybe an 18 touch per game guy. I I would, if I was a betting man, that's probably where I'd put my money is right around 18 touches a game um, here down uh, the stretch the rest of the season. You know, he's a 15 to 20 touch per game guy. He's not just a 15 touch per game guy. That's how they're using him. And it makes him uh, clearly plenty, plenty valuable with lots of upside. Um, I still think in leagues where he is now viewed as a total and uh, unquestioned fantasy superstar that's living in a great situation in Tampa. Um, I do think in that situation, he still, by definition, is a bit of a sell super, super high if uh, that's you know what his value is, if that's how he's viewed in your particular league especially since he goes up against Chicago and New Orleans this week and then has a bye week on the horizon, and then the Washington football team upon his return, who hasn't been as tough in the run column as projected preseason, but we do know Washington also does have a formidable, at least stable of talent along that defensive front that you know may not be ideal for a Leonard Fournette type of game. We don't want to discount anything he's doing too much at this point. We need to just read the writing on the wall. If we know we have Leonard Fournette and even, let's say, 18 touches a game on this offense the rest of the way, that's a very, very good place to be. So um, clearly not a must-sell, and it's been quite a thrill for Fournette owners so far this season. But I do think he still circumstantially lives in the sell super, super high column. Um, and he he's a player that, of course, if you're going to sell him, it would strictly be to go after the most elite talent in all of fantasy, or if somehow you're a losing team that owns or rosters Fournette, um, he's an ideal candidate to liquidate down for a couple of good players that can help you uh, have a more competitive starting lineup every week, try to get back on the right side of the win column, especially as we navigate these buys uh, that are coming down the pipe. Daryl Henderson on the sell side of the running back market, the week seven fantasy football trade market right here on the rosterwatch.com trade cast. Daryl Henderson really like his upcoming schedule, Detroit, Houston, and Tennessee, and then San Francisco before the week 11 bye. Uh, he's been on an absolute heater all season. And with Henderson, you just kind of wonder how many more times can you roll these dice without crapping out? Uh, just given the context of some of our historical concerns about him in this particular situation, I think you do wonder how truly viable this trajectory is for Henderson over the long haul. I think he's still going to be plenty valuable. I think the question is, can he maintain at this clip? What's his marketability now? Is there some arbitrage to be had by 
doing something with him at this moment. Uh, either way, you have to be feeling very, very good about things with Daryl Henderson right now. Uh, I think it's just maybe a little bit unclear. We got a lot of games in the bag so far this season, but as a Daryl Henderson manager myself, it's, I still would like to sit a little bit more before I totally believe in it. And even then, I'm not sure I ever completely will. Um, I just think you're going to have a little bit of paranoia always with McVeigh and this offense and the durability issues that Henderson has kind of demonstrated in the past. Uh, That said, I think Daryl Henderson is a guy you probably keep plugging along with right now, just mostly praying he doesn't suffer an injury to kind of keep your options open here. We know he's got this good upcoming schedule. I think maybe the closer we get to that week 11 bye week, if he's still doing, you know, pretty well or, you know, if we're a little maybe more questions are creeping into our head, then maybe in these next few weeks it becomes a natural point to really make a priority to try to do with Henderson. But I'd say he's at least an asset. Daryl Henderson right now, you'd be wise to keep your ear to the ground for a super sell-high opportunity. Um, again, as we kind of look down uh, the road for this next month towards that Week 11 bye, uh, Daryl Williams in Kansas City coming off the huge game, massive usage. People are crowing about how this is better usage and production than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has ever delivered in this offense. Uh, pretty good schedule ahead for Williams before a Week 12 bye, so you get a lot of run out of that guy right now while Hilaire is on the sidelines. That said, every week you keep him, uh, it's a week he in some ways loses value because we are getting closer to that Hilaire return. So I just say, why not try to capitalize off of a big recent waiver wire acquisition? Khalil Herbert, kind of a similar situation, a recent big waiver wire acquisition. Uh, had the big game this last week. Uh, lots of buzz right now around Khalil Herbert in Chicago, the sixth-round rookie. Good player we saw at the Senior Bowl. Really got better every day there. Flash three-down capability, good size, everything. I think what's really showing up here. Um, we know Damian Williams, who was kind of the front runner on waivers for him just a week uh, to replace Montgomery just a week ago, uh, has been sidelined with the uh, being on the COVID list and been unable to participate with the Bears. And uh, we're getting word that he has still not been cleared to return. So we know he'll be back sooner than later. It may or may not be this week, though. That's something to keep in mind as you value Khalil Herbert. Uh, And big picture again, much like we said with Daryl Williams and KC, Khalil is one week closer to uh, to David Montgomery eventually returning as well. So you know that this value is ephemeral to some extent. And again, he was a recent recent waiver wire pickup. Uh, it's a horrible matchup this week at Tampa Bay. Why not try to flip Khalil Herbert in a consolidation trade to a desperate team who has to win now? I think that'd be pretty sharp. Jonathan Taylor. Talked about him last week. I, I roster him in a league. I mean, I'm a big Jonathan Taylor supporter. Obviously not a must-sell. You're in, totally smitten with what's been going on the last few weeks. But, you know, we have to have an honest look at these things. And I still think that the most likely scenario for Taylor is you – if because, you know, I'm on the wrong side of 500 and I roster Jonathan Taylor. It's been kind of up and down. He's one of your premier picks, right? And uh, I think you could still consider liquidating Jonathan Taylor uh, – if you needed to onboard multiple good players to improve your roster at this juncture, if that's what you've identified as the best course of action, 
course of correction for whatever's going on with maybe a team of yours who's just still just really fighting it out hard in the streets right now. You should be able to get a lot for Taylor at this moment. Um, I, you know, and also you, you could look to consolidate him. If somehow you're in a position where you could consolidate him with somebody else and move up to even a more elite player, I think you'd consider it. A more, and not only a more elite fantasy player, but somebody with a uh, more rock-solid profile that supports this type of production that uh, you get really excited about with these super elite players. Um, you know, the question with a guy like Jonathan Taylor is really how high can you go? Uh, you're already pretty close to the top of food chain with a dude like that. But, you know, let's take a look at his profile. Jonathan Taylor, four touchdowns on little over 50% snap count, average snap count over the last two weeks. Taylor has been living on huge plays, um, but he's only been averaging about 17 touches per game, and Frank Wright seems damn stubborn about it. He's making a ton of production in the receiving game, which seems a little bit unsustainable for Taylor, given that he's only averaging three targets per game on the season, even though he looks very good in that capacity. Uh, We are getting word that Quentin Nelson is close to returning, which would be a huge deal for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Would love to see Marlon Mack get traded. That's very alluring as well if you are in the Jonathan Taylor market. Uh, but that's 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 far from a done deal and is a, a thorn in, in our side at this point. I think that Jonathan Taylor is a great keep, obviously, but he's somebody at this moment that I do believe you could do something very constructive with if you have the desire. Continuing on here on the sell side of the Week 7 Fantasy Football trade market, we'll dive right into the receivers here. Uh, We spoke about Jalen Waddell the last few weeks as a buy low, a buy pretty low in our fantasy leagues. And uh, I think you guys saw why we were kind of on that track. Uh, We bought him low these last couple weeks, and we've waited for him to pop now. Uh, Really like his future. That's why we bought low on him. That said, we're all about being opportunistic, and you guys have heard the old adage, buy low, sell high. I mean, how good does it feel to get some of these guys, and then be able to flip them pretty quickly. Um, And this was the second time all season that Jalen Waddle had 13 targets. That's pretty damn impressive. He's coming off the 25-point performance. And I think he's got another week or two maybe in him here down uh, in front of us that could be pretty freaking good. He's got Atlanta at home is not a bad matchup if you got to roll him out uh, this week. Certainly, you consider keeping Waddle for what you have invested in him at this point. Uh, but let's remember, Devontae Parker's returning to practice. At some point, it looks like Will Fuller will be back uh, in the mix. Presumably, he's presumably Fuller is nearing a return. And I just think if you zoom out for a second, Waddle all of it has had a pretty massive shift in value over the course of the last week. So why not see if you can leverage that? Cortland Sutton. Wide receiver Denver Broncos does not have a bye until week 11. Still, Jerry Judy is close to returning, and Teddy Bridgewater looks bad. The quarterback situation in Denver is bad. The coaching situation in Denver is starting to deteriorate, which sometimes leads to some yellow ball, which is good for fantasy. Uh, But coming off double-digit targets the last two weeks for Cortland Sutton, including 14 targets last week, uh... He's had three 20-point games this year in half-point PPR, including back-to-back 
pointers the last two weeks. I would wager that Cortland Sutton will average less than 10 targets per game the rest of the season, which is still more than enough for him to be productive. I think he's a fine keep, uh, but could undermine his recent production a little bit and uh, reset expectations. So I think that Sutton is definitely a guy you can sell high on at the moment in many leagues. And if, if you happen to roster him, it'd be worth having a look. DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals. A fringe wide receiver one on the season. I am genuinely worried about his target share this year. We have a large sample now on the season for Hopkins. And if it's going to change, you know, granted, even one more target a game for him is a big deal. But if it's going to change, I don't even think it's going to change a lot at this point. Averaging 6.33 targets per game on the season. The Cardinals, in my opinion, have revealed how they want to play offense at this point. We have a lot of information. It's barely a top 50 wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins, barely a top 50 wide receivers in terms of target targets per game on the season. A very low volume wide receiver targets per game on an ugly 50% touchdown dependency. It's the worst touchdown dependency by a significant margin of any fantasy wide receiver in the top 12. His current level of production is simply unsustainable. That is DeAndre Hopkins. Given what we know now, unless again, of course, there is a major offensive shift in Arizona, which would completely defy logic given that they are 6-0 and and undefeated. There's no reason for them to change anything. So I think we should be worried about Hopkins. I mean, at this point, you start to realize probably what he's going to be on the season, and I'd say... DeAndre Hopkins is far more likely to continue on this track and ultimately finish as a wide receiver two, albeit probably a good wide receiver two, than any type of bona fide wide receiver one. I'll say that again. DeAndre Hopkins is far more likely to continue on this track and finish as a wide receiver two this season than any type of bona fide wide receiver one. He's a great option for struggling teams to liquidate Right now, for a good uh, few good buy low assets in return, he had a decent game on paper last week. Uh, I think you can get a ton for DeAndre Hopkins, and of course, you know for you know uh, winning teams in position, uh, you know to 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 try to build uh, you know kind of nuclear here. I think he's also a guy that you could potentially consolidate with. Uh, take DeAndre Hopkins, take another player, pack them together, go out and maybe get one of the most premier names in all of fantasy football. Uh, you have to be careful about doing that, but certainly I think if you're a struggling team with Hopkins, which you easily could be, uh, he's an asset that could totally be liquidated into two very fine players at this moment. And sometimes, look, that's not the number one mandate. The number one mandate is eventually to be consolidating, be on the right side of the win column, be operating from a position of strength, work that waiver wire, build the depth of assets across your team and keep consolidating and leveling the player equity up uh the the cachet of your fantasy roster up week after week over the course of the season but that's just not the game everybody is fit to play some people are struggling some people have had injuries some people got buys some people are just you know uh in a tough situation uh, being competitive every week they need more good players especially through the thick of these buys and hopkins absolutely is a player i think that you can achieve that with Henry Ruggs second year wide receiver Las Vegas Raiders a bad matchup on paper this week then a bye week 
How much do you really trust this situation with Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr and a cockamamie coaching situation, a cultural situation in Vegas? I mean, just ask yourself that question. Look at Henry Ruggs on your roster and say, how much do I trust this? He's averaging just over five targets per game. There's been a ton of buzz this week about Ruggs um, and how incredible statistically of a deep threat he's been on the season. I think it's over 20 yards per catch at this point. I mean, certainly he's been a nice if you got him in round nine or so, like a lot of people did using the Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet back in August over at rosterwatch.com, I mean they're 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 tickled pink right now with what they're getting out of rugs. Um, still, I mean in standard leagues right now he's in the pocket with guys like Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, even Stefan Diggs in terms of points per game in standard formats. So uh, to me, this just indicates this is a ripe time to. Shop Henry Ruggs in a deal for an elite player in return. Hollywood Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. He could be a sell high. He could be a sell high at only seven targets per game with Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews coming on recently. Um, he's been on absolute fire uh, over the whole course of the season except for this last week. Um, which I think is a bit of a harbinger of things to come for Hollywood Brown. Uh, maybe the rest of your league has not caught on yet of what could be these early signs of a negative trend, and if that's the case, uh, this is a very opportune time to take Hollywood Brown and shop him around and see if you can improve your situation. Robert Woods snuck back into the end zone in Week 6. He's been saved by touchdowns, really, on the season outside of the one big game. Uh, But after double-digit targets in Week 5, unsurprisingly, Robert Woods regressed to five targets. We've seen how this team is going to play offense. We have a large sample. There will be big weeks, but overall, the intentions have been revealed. I would sell Robert Woods immediately in a consolidation deal for a better player. Cooper Cup is the unquestioned alpha of the Rams' passing attack. Then as we round out the sell side of the Week 7 fantasy football market right here on the rosterwatch.com tradecast, we'll get to uh, Noah Fant at the tight end position, a guy that I personally roster this season, a player I, I, you know has a lot of skill I personally like. I know the Denver guys are a little down on him because he's just been bad in pass protection and had some issues along those lines that are no good. But still, he's a weapon they've had to go to, and Noah Fant's coming off of a big game. Uh, that said... If you watched it closely, it was basically a dud until late in the game. The numbers on the season look good, but it just feels like a sweat every week if you own him. And uh, right now he's tied in seven right behind Darren Waller on the season. So I think he's got some marketability. If you roster him, you know what I'm saying. You just don't feel totally confident rolling him out every week. Especially we know Jerry Judy is close to returning. He's going to soak up a whole bunch of targets. A lot of this mid-range, a lot of the targets Fant could potentially uh, utilize, Judy can kind of double for some of those. I think we'll see some attrition there. And Teddy Bridgewater looks horrible right now. The quarterback situation looks horrible. It's a bad situation in Denver in some ways at the moment. Uh, So I'd say coming off a 20-point game is best of the season. Noah Fant, I think he's a guy you can sell high on. It's going to depend on your situation, whether that makes sense, because good tight ends are hard to come by. And for a lot of people, he may be a keep. But I think especially if you're looking to move in on Darren Waller this week, 
if you happen to roster Noah Fant, you could be in prime position. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, folks, before we turn over to the buy side of the Week 7 Fantasy Football trade market, quickly want to talk about a new partner at rosterwatch.com, the jock market, jockmkt.com, a new and revolutionary way to play DFS. If you guys are tired of losing money over on DraftKings and FanDuel and some of these other platforms that are getting kind of worn out, go try something new. Uh, Use the promo code ROSTERWATCH for a free... uh, deposit bonus and uh jock market basically like a stock market for for fantasy players in all sports not just football mlb nhl uh i guess uh just about anything else any of the other major sports as the calendar year round goes and it's like a stock market with assets that you understand you don't have to start a whole lineup you just can buy and sell players that you like or think are undervalued or overvalued and you can make money just like you would, um, you know, day trading on your uh, on your stock market account online. So I'd encourage all of you to at least go give it a try over at Jock Market. They're giving money away with the promo code ROSTERWATCH. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's flip the page to the buy side of the Week 7 Fantasy Football Market. Uh, we will begin with the running back side. And, you know, this is a good time. To mention, I made the theme of this week's episode, the week seven episode of the rosterwatch.com trade cast. This, I really tried to drive home a theme here, uh, and that is this is the perfect time of year for the winning teams, the strong teams, the rich fantasy teams that are living at the top of their standings, and especially those who've created significant separation between them and a lot of their league mates. This is the time for them to start playing the big stack. You know, in poker, if you guys, I'll, I'll make poker references on here. Um, you know, something when when you play in a big stack in a tournament, you should, or even at a cash game, you should play different. You should play a different style of poker. That's a winning tactic. It's a winning strategy, and uh, that's what you will 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 want to do here. Um, you will want to. Start consolidating some of your depth and going after some of the big-name players that are going to make your roster nuclear. Uh, Even if it means absorbing uh, somebody's bye week. Uh, This is is a reminder uh, that um, being opportunistic is looking to buy low, and sometimes that can be artificially created through bye weeks or through injuries. And so if you're a team that's got a lot of wins and you got a lot of depth you can you can afford to take this risk here and go after the biggest names that hopefully are going to pay off for you uh down the road and that that reminds me i had one more poker 
analogy for you guys today. Uh, you know, any of you guys have played poker before, you know sometimes you got a hand where you just want to take the pot down right now before you see anything else. You don't want any more information revealed. And I was thinking that's a pretty good analogy uh, for those Khalil Herbert managers right now if they're looking to deal him. Even if they're not looking to deal him, they should probably wake up a little bit and realize like this is a situation where you may just want to take this pot down right now because it's more likely than any more information that comes out is to hurt you than to help you. All right, folks, we will begin going after the big names now on the running back side of the market here in week seven. If we are a team operating from a position of strength, lavish with uh, luxury uh, fantasy assets. And so we're going to target these bye guys, bye week guys and these injured players with big big names on the running back side. We'll begin with Najee Harris, the Steelers. He's got a bye week this week. RB5 on almost 23 touches per game this season, averaging almost eight targets per game, 7.67 targets per game. That's been very, very steady for Najee. Only the 3.8 yards per carry. I think that's bearing out you know, the issues with the offensive line that we all predicted preseason. But the other thing that was basically predicted preseason was that massive usage, there's a tipping point where usage overcomes like inefficiency and bad offensive lines. And that's just flat out what we're getting with Harris, especially with all those targets and any sort of PPR format, it pays off big and he gets very involved uh, as these games escalate. Najee Harris running back five on the season is on a bye this week. So if you're in a winning team, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe you should go look and see what's going on with the owner and the, what's going on with the owner. Where, where's he at in the standings that has Najee Harris in your league? You might be able to pick him off. I, I, I personally have seen plenty of teams that own or roster Najee Harris and are on the wrong side of 500 currently. The same applies to Zeke Elliott, also on a bye week. Guys, these are some of the biggest names in fantasy football. This is a tremendous fantasy football trademark in week seven. This is a tremendous opportunity for you to improve your team. These are guys that can help you win a championship. Zeke Elliott, RB3 in points per game and half point PPR, uh, just a hair under 20 touches per game on the season. 5.1 yards per carry is his best since his rookie year. The guy looks refreshed. He's getting a little over three targets per game, uh, even with a little bit of that split with Pollard. Some of the early season and preseason concerns about Zeke, I believe, have been totally eliminated. And I, I he has returned to kind of like that elite status, a player that you're willing to pony up to go get him. James Robinson, entering the Week 7 bye, was off to a little bit of a slow start. He may have owners that are lower in the standings in your league. He could be available, especially since on – Points per game, he's only RB10 on the season. It's been really nice the last few weeks if you've rostered him, and clearly his managers know that. Uh, but on the season, he is RB10, half-point uh, scoring format, points per game, 16.83 touches per game. It's not a Zeke Elliott that's getting you know closer to 20 touches per game. 3.7 targets per game. That's nice for James Robinson. 5.5 yards per carry. I told you guys from training camp, this guy, he's a boss, man. He's a fucking boss. He's a sick running back. Averaging, though, here is the important stat. If you're interested in acquiring James Robinson on his bye week, he's averaging a steady 19.4 touches per game over the last four weeks. 
So when you kind of peel the layers of the onion back, you realize he is profiling a lot more like Zeke at the moment. Those first two weeks of the season where he got very little usage, it killed his touches per game on the season. Uh, But if you kind of drill down here a little bit, Robinson's profile really heating up along with his fantasy production. Uh, The Jaguars do only manage somehow to score like exactly 20 points every week. So that doesn't get you super pumped, but it does appear that Trevor Lawrence, may the rookie quarterback, may be poised to kind of take a step forward here after the bye. And indications are that James Robinson is kind of, he is claiming finally a workhorse role there. It seems Carlos Hyde is trying to fade, starting to fade unsurprisingly, maybe rational coaching coming to its senses a little bit there in Jacksonville. Austin Eckler entering the week seven by. Can you even buy Austin Eckler at this point? He's RB2 on the season. Maybe he's untouchable. He very well could be. He's Look, we're, we're still interested in acquiring him because I think if you're sharp, you know that regardless of some of the details we'll get to in a second, he's a player that you really are interested in the rest of the season. Uh, the truth is he does have a little bit of a sell-high profile uh, at the moment. So maybe that has maybe some of his managers feel that way, and maybe he, he maybe he could be a little bit of available coming off of his worst week of the season, a bad week in week six. Heading into the bye week now, it's kind of like two lost weeks for Eckler managers. Uh, we'd still love to acquire him, even though it's on a hair less than 17 touches per game, which is basically what we predicted from training camp. I said I think I put the over-under at 16.5 on – uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, I doubt his managers are losing in your league. Most people who have Eckler are probably on the right side of 500, but it's it may be unlikely, but not impossible. So take a look, see what's going on with the Austin Eckler manager in your league. Uh, he is coming off that lowest output of the season, and you know maybe there's something that can be done. At least go have a look at what's going on with Austin Eckler as he enters the Week 7 bye in your fantasy football league. Dalvin Cook also headed in the week seven by RB12 points per game over the course of the season. That said, he's coming off an absolute gigantic monster uh, in week six. His managers have already probably absorbed a couple of down weeks due to injury. And he's second in the league in touches per game at 23. Um, That said, he's RB12 on the season. Everybody knows he's an amazing player. Uh, but he hasn't performed as one of the very top guys overall on the season. Uh, his, his manager very well could be married to him. Uh, but I think the mitigating factors is a good chance that many Dalvin Cook managers may have a losing record out there. Uh, so that could create a little bit of a pain point heading into his bye week. Those guys need wins, right? So you'll have to make a beefy offer for Dalvin Cook, but why not take a crack is what I say. Live life, love life. Uh, Plus you get Alexander Madison hitting waiver wires right now all over the place, and he is an ironclad handcuff that should be had for, easily had for free in most formats at this point. Would be a really good situation to lock up uh, for a winning owner uh, with the luxury of assets to be able to assemble them the monster deal that it might take to go get somebody like Dalvin Cook but if you can do it why not take a look Saquon Barkley Christian McCaffrey both guys still injured they're going to be out for it's unclear but at least a few more weeks their managers could easily be struggling if you're cruising at the top of your standings and you've got the ammo to do it 
absolutely go see what's going on with Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey in your league. Those, I mean, those are winning. Those are championship winning moves potentially if you can make them now. Let's flip the page to the wide receiver side of the Week Seven buy market in our fantasy football leagues. Michael Thomas, I think he's an interesting one. Still a few weeks out for New Orleans, kind of been out of sight, out of mind. People who've been prospecting on him have kind of been holding out this long. They're getting a little closer, so you know they want to see what's uh, potentially in store. Um, but I think he's an interesting guy. If you've got the assets to make it, who knows what's what's going on with whoever rosters Michael Thomas in your league. He could be like a sneaky guy to go kind of scoop up for uh, you know economically uh, this week. Stefan Diggs entering his bye week. Hadn't been the season that we hoped it would be. I think we saw a little bit of a bounce back this last week. You know, this year may just not be what last year was going to be. Dawson Knox missing some time could certainly uh, help him. But heading into the bye week, I mean, it's just it's the best receiver on a pass-first offense with one of the best passers on one of the most aggressive you know, uh, offenses in the league. Uh he, I would take my chances with Stefan Diggs. And you may get a great deal on Diggs, having been kind of a down season, heading into a bye week. Certainly his he may have there may be a lot of Diggs managers out there uh, that aren't on the right side of five hundred and that may create an opportunity. Continuing on the buy side of the uh, week seven fantasy football trade market as we are breaking down the wide receivers that could be play in play this week. Amari Cooper. Heading into a week seven bye. Again, this theme of this episode is much is about being opportunistic for the teams who can afford to do so. This is where we want to start taking advantage and capitalizing. And um, when we have good players going into bye weeks, that especially those have maybe not delivered winning records to their managers so far, this is a tremendous opportunity. You know, a lot of these guys are going to regress in the positive way here uh, when they return. Amari Cooper playing second fiddle to CeeDee Lamb. Plus, we know we have Michael Gallup returning. I've gotten the strong feeling all season that Amari Cooper managers are not at all married to him. And what a flex or wide receiver three Amari Cooper would be down the stretch. I'd recommend you take a look. Justin Jefferson heading into the week seven bye. It's been a steady Freddy, low wind wide receiver one all season. Very steady, low-end wide receiver one returns on a weekly basis. Uh, essentially, he's wide receiver 10 and points per game in half-point formats so far on the season. No real blow-up games for a guy like Jefferson, though, which is a little surprising. As you know, he has that monster upside. We've seen it. Uh, so you know there are a few of those performances on deck that are going to kind of come here in waves after the bye. He's just that type of player. Still, his managers have not seen the second-year performance they were hoping for, the highlight reel, you know, just uh, high upside second-year breakout that many of them were probably expecting. He's been outperformed on a points-per-game basis in standard formats by guys like Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Jamar Chase, Antonio Brown, and Marquise Brown. So his his managers, Justin Jefferson managers, could definitely feel a tiny bit let down so far on the season. Plus, he's heading into the bye, and there's no guarantees that he's on a winning team in your league. DK Metcalf, seven and a half targets per game, coming off a down week. Plus, we got Geno Smith at the helm. We know Russell Wilson at this point is probably about a month out. 
He's got New Orleans this week, which is going to be a tough matchup. Then Jacksonville, which will be better, and then the bye week. So the next two out of three weeks are not that lovely for DK Metcalf. Look, his window might be open for a week or two. This is probably a guy we're a little bit early on here on this episode, but I'd say start keeping an eye out for a buy low opportunity on DK Metcalf. I do believe it will present itself. Terry McLaurin, Washington football team. Two down weeks for McLaurin in fantasy. Hampered by injury right now, in and out of practice with a bye week on the horizon. I'd see what could be done for Terry McLaurin in my league. He'd be a nice player to add to your roster. Calvin Ridley, this probably needed to happen last week. We recommended this this last week, um, especially now that his owner has absorbed the buy, I think they're less likely to do anything. But still, clearly, Calvin Ridley, not an untouchable player on the season. Been big disappointment. That said, 10.5 targets per game. That always will get us interested. You know, we've got to take our chance with some calculated risks. You know, it's a calculated risk to go after a guy like Ridley that's getting over 10 targets a game. I mean, in theory, most of the time, at some point, that should pay off. He's averaging less than 8 points per game in standard on the season. Uh, Ridley gets a good matchup in Miami this week. And then the next few weeks after that are a little bit tricky. So just keep an eye out for Calvin Ridley. He may be like Metcalf where you have a window here for a few weeks. And then uh, the final buy low wide receiver target of week seven is Keenan Allen. Also headed into a bye week. Been a huge, been an enormous disappointment on the season for fantasy. Three bad games in a row. No real big fantasy performances to speak of at all this year. Still, guys, Keenan Allen, he's averaging 9.67 targets per game on the season. It's actually more than Mike Williams. Mike Williams, 9.33 targets per game. So when you have a look at that, and Gritted, we, we know they run a little bit different routes, and Williams is maybe a little more vertical, a little bit higher value targets for Williams. Uh, that that does not comport. The, their target shares do not comport with the difference in their fantasy production. Eight points per game in standard so far this season for Keenan Allen, almost double, 15 points per game. Uh, on the season for Mike Williams, mathematically that just that has to begin coming toward those have to converge a little bit, which tells us that Keenan Allen very well could be a really nice buy low option for peanuts on the dollar right now in your league. Twelve percent touchdown dependency for Allen. We know he's got to have uh, some touchdowns in the queue for when he returns after the buy. And then finally, guys. One of the most popular trade targets of this week, the Week 7 Fantasy Football trade market is over on the tight end side. We teased it earlier when we were talking about maybe uh, making a move with a guy like Noah Fant, who we believe is a little bit of a sell high. Why not go after Darren Waller? Take your chances. Tight end six in points per game, half-point PPR on the season, not what his managers expected. He is tied with Travis Kelsey, though, with 53 targets on the season uh, as the league leader in tight end targets. That's that's obviously very exciting. But it is a little bit misleading uh, because Waller had 19 targets in week one. He's been way more of a second, seven target per game guy since then, which puts him more in line with the Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinsons and Noah Fans of the world who I, you know, are mostly considered, you know, like they're still nice wide receiver or tight end ones, but kind of like tier two fantasy tight ends. You know, it's a cut below the Kelsey's or, you know, what people expected uh, uh, Waller to be. 
And I think most people still believe Waller belongs more in that Kelsey uh, uh, tier of fantasy tight end. And the truth may ultimately be that he just lies a little bit somewhere in the middle. Still, I think there could be a deal to be had on Darren Waller this week, and I absolutely would take a shot. Folks, can you package up the Daryl Hendersons, the Daryl Williams, the Khalil Herberts of the world, along with guys like Henry Ruggs or Hollywood Brown or any of the other wide receivers that we mentioned earlier in this episode to go after some of the bigger names on the buy side of the market that we just discussed, some of the biggest names in fantasy football. I certainly think that you can this week, and I would encourage that you do so. I would recommend that you do so. If you're a losing team that needs help filling out a more competitive starting lineup every week, can you liquidate guys like Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Hopkins for King's ransom? You may have to consider it. And until next time, so long, Roster Watch Nation. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.